You are listening to The Vibrant Life Podcast, episode 51. The Vibrant Life. Welcome to the Vibrant Life Podcast. I'm Emily Romrell, and I'm so grateful to have you here with me today, wherever you are and whenever this is. <laughs> That's the magic of technology and stories, right? Whether it's nonfiction, personal development stuff like we discuss on this podcast, or if it's a fictional story that you relate to, stories are powerful because you can go back to them over and over again, and each time you take away something new and wonderful. So it's awesome. And whether you're listening at the time this message is released or if it's years later down the road, I'm glad to have you with me on the journey. You know, the stories we keep in our heads and the way we talk to ourselves are vitally connected to how we perceive the world around us and how we interact in it. Every relationship in our lives is affected, but most especially the relationship that we have with ourselves. And I've watched with fascination over the last two years as the world has experienced this COVID-19 pandemic. And the stories being told about the virus, both true and fictional, are running just about as rampant as the sickness is. (laughs) Um, And the efforts that humanity has made in such a short time to come up with a vaccine and to fight the coronavirus are pretty miraculous. Obviously, there's a lot of division and contention, too, which is tragic. Um... But you may or may not have realized that we've been dealing with another pandemic for decades now, and that's the widespread increase of mental illness. This similarly has brought some people together and divided others, and stories about mental illness are just as convoluted. (laughs) And I'm here today to tell you, my friends, it is just as important to treat our mental health crisis as it is to fight COVID. I've had a few different friends ask me, over the last few months if I have any tools or strategies to help manage mental health problems? And the short answer is yes. (laughs) I've definitely learned a few things while battling my own demons. Um, So today I'm gonna share the top 10 mental health tools that have helped me most in my personal journey. However, I do need to be really clear that I am not a mental health professional and I'm not qualified to treat anyone. So please just take my ideas and suggestions as what they are, and um, please seek the professional help that you need if you do need it, which is number 10 (laughs) on my list. Don't be afraid to get professional help. Um, So let's start there. Although I truly believe that people are more accepting now than they used to be, the truth is that there is still a lot of stigma about mental illness. And the majority of people who need help in this area do not seek it or receive it. I was mortified to go to counseling as a teenager, and I did not want anyone to know. Um, And I think there are still a lot of people in that boat. So let's talk about that for a minute. There's a cliche analogy that people use. um, It's pretty common that if you broke your arm, you'd go see a doctor. So why wouldn't you feel the same way about going to see someone if you're broken in your brain chemistry or mental state, right? It's kind of the same thing, which I understand why people use that example, and it is true to a point, but there are some fundamental differences about invisible illnesses. When you have a broken arm or a cut or a fever, people can see your suffering and they naturally want to help. 
But when you're mentally or emotionally distraught, the cause is much more ambiguous and it's so easy to judge. Sadly, it's human nature to be fearful and judge things that we don't understand or that we can't see. Uh, so that goes with all kinds of mental illnesses or other hurts that people don't see that are invisible. And even those closest to us are often frustrated at our inability to quote unquote snap out of it or they might come to conclusions that we might be lazy or unwilling to do things because they just don't understand. My only advice is that if you don't take the risk to talk about things and to get help that you need, you're going to remain stuck right where you are, and I know what a hopeless place that can be, my friends. You can't live your life based on what others think. You have to do what's best for you, and if you can gather your courage, you might be amazed at how things can turn around for you. There are a lot of professional options out there, and different treatments can be tailored to you. And I'm a big believer in counseling. Um, it did take me a few tries to find the right counselor, so you need to remember that. And uh, I also take medication, and I think medication is great if that works for you, but it might not. It just kind of depends. The thing to remember is that um, you need to do experiments, and you need to be willing to try different treatments before you find out what works best for you. But please, from my heart to yours, don't be afraid to seek out professional help. It could make all the difference. Number nine is breathing techniques. One of the fastest ways I know of to regain control of things mentally is to focus on your breathing. And there are a lot of different exercises out there you can try. I'm just going to share two with you today. But a simple internet search will provide you with all the breathing techniques you may desire. <laughs> Um, the first breathing exercise is simple. Take two short inhales of breath through your nose and then one long exhale out your mouth. Just repeat this a few times and you'll begin to feel much better. I kind of think of this as an anti-hyperventilating technique. <laughs> when we get anxious or upset, it's really easy for our bodies to hyperventilate, which can even cause us to pass out. And this little trick is gonna help you regain control of your body quickly and it can bring your heart rate down and calm those nerves fast. So it's just kind of two quick uh, inhales through your nose and one out through your mouth. So it's like... Kind of like that. So definitely something to try. Just do that a few times. It's really going to help you out. The next breathing exercise is about being slow and deliberate in your breathing. And I don't have a name for this one. It's something that my own counselor taught me. Um, but you breathe slowly in through your nose, filling up your lungs as much as possible for a count of eight. Then you hold it for a count of four. Then you let the breath out slowly for a count of eight. Then you hold for another count of four. And then you repeat that four times. So I'm not gonna breathe again for you. I think you guys can get it, but um, this is good because it's very deliberate and slow and it helps, again, slow your heart rate down and it clears your mind um, and it definitely helps you calm things, calm down and, and get control of things pretty quickly. So um, if you're in the middle of a panic attack or just really stressed out or just kind of freaking out with whatever, doing some breathing exercises like this is really going to help you. Number eight is grounding techniques. And just like with breathing, 
there are a million different grounding exercises out there to try, and I'm just going to share two of my favorites with you. If you're not familiar with the term grounding, it just means finding a way to get out of your head and come back to reality. Um, thus the term grounding, right? <laughs> it helps you stay in that present moment where you are. You literally ground yourself using these various techniques. The first grounding exercise is all about the five senses. You close your eyes and focus on one thing in your environment that connects with each of the senses. So for example, as I'm writing these thoughts out for you, I can feel the body heat of my little dog, Artemis, who's laying next to me. I can hear the train rushing down the tracks nearby. I can smell the perfume on my shirt. Taste is sometimes a little bit tricky, but luckily I have one of my favorite drinks nearby and I still have the taste of coconut in my mouth. And when I open my eyes, I can see my cute little dog looking back at me. <laughs> I love the way he tilts his head trying to understand when I talk to him. So this grounding technique is really effective and it's easy to remember because five senses, right? Um, and again, you can count those off on your hand because you have five fingers. Um, if you are having a harder time, you can even challenge yourself to find like five things from each category of the senses that you can do. So touch, taste, smell, see and hear. Um, but that's gonna bring you back to this present moment where you are and stop you from um, going over the edge and freaking out. The second grounding technique is the ABCDE method, and I actually did a whole podcast on this a while back, so you can check that out. I have a link in the show notes for more details. I'm just going to do a really quick rundown here. Again, using the five fingers on your hand, you can tap each leg with each finger, or tap your leg with each finger, or put a finger down as you follow each step. Um, in any given situation. And this is also really good as just a thought exercise to challenge your thinking um, and kind of change the way you understand things as they happen. So uh, first finger is A and it's the activating event, what it's triggering you to have anxiety or depression or whatever you're dealing with. Uh, second finger is for B, beliefs about that event. C, uh, what are the consequences of those beliefs? Um, D is to disputate is the disputation of those beliefs. So what can you do to challenge those thoughts and beliefs that you're having? And then E is the effect of that disputation or of the new beliefs that you're choosing to adopt. Um, and this is really powerful. You can do it really fast. I've done it like in like different triggering events when I'm out in parties or social events or different, even just on my own when I'm going through a hard time. Um, you could even write this down, the ABCDE method, and it's very helpful, so I encourage you to try that. Number seven is a visualization technique. And another helpful thing to try is visualization. This is great, especially if you have a good imagination, which I do. <laughs> um, you can always work on visualizing what you want in your life, right? And what we would like a better life to look like for you. But this especially is good when you need to calm down and refocus your mental health. And this is a tool that you can try. So again, there's several different things that you could look up or, or do. This is just another one that I've learned. Um, so you could close your eyes and sit in a comfortable position. Um, it's good to kind of have good posture with a straight back. And you just imagine yourself in a hectic and noisy setting. So maybe you're in the middle of a big city 
and you imagine yourself being jostled by the crowds of people, there's noise everywhere, cars are honking, people are shouting, music is blaring, maybe you hear kids playing in the street, you name it. You don't have the space you need to think, right? But luckily you do have legs, so you can visualize yourself and imagine yourself walking a few blocks away and suddenly things open up and you find yourself away from the city and walking into a scene in nature somewhere. Uh, for me, it's up in the mountains. I live in Utah and we have beautiful mountains here. And I find myself walking up into the hills where there are fields of wildflowers and I can smell the flowers in the air. I have an imaginary cabin up there by a lake and I can walk up to my beautiful cabin. I can find my way into a cozy hammock between some really nice trees. I feel the breeze in my hair. My clothes are super comfortable. Um, I can hear people and voices that I love laughing in the house. Um, and there's nothing but wide open spaces and beautiful things to look at, right? So you can easily adapt this situation to you. Maybe you go to the beach instead of the mountains. Maybe you go fishing if that's calming to you. Maybe you go somewhere else. Maybe the city is calming to you. Maybe that's something that you like, but just choose a place that is serene to you and then you can go on that imaginary visual visualization journey <laughs> uh, from a hectic setting into a peaceful one and it's really beneficial. So I dare you to try it. Number six out of the tools is to replace fear and dread with action instead. <laughs> hey, that rhymes. <laughs> One thing that's taken its own sweet time to sink in for me is the concept that the fear of a thing is almost always worse than the actual thing. And this is where a lot of anxiety lives. We don't want to experience a negative emotion and so we choose to feel a different negative emotion ahead of time. <laughs> Bonkers, I know, but it's human nature. So we've all been there. Um, you might dread going to work on Monday morning, but once you get there, it's not so bad. Or maybe there's a difficult conversation that you've been avoiding. And then when you actually muster up the guts to speak up, you find that talking it out went much better than you expected. Sometimes it is hard and it's it's something that you maybe did expect, but I'm telling you nine times out of 10, the fear is worse than the actual thing. But in order to get past the dread and the fear, you have to take action, right? You have to get up and go to work. You have to communicate with that person you've been avoiding. And understanding this is one of the great keys to success, I think. It doesn't have to be anything extreme. Just think of the next small step that you can take to move forward and take action on uh, with whatever is worrying you and taking up your headspace. Um, and that one small step is gonna dispel a heck of a lot of unnecessary anxiety. Number five on our tool checklist is to look your best. And we're halfway through this list now. You might be thinking that there isn't anything mind-blowing or new here. <laughs> and well, you're right. Uh, the truth is that all of this advice has been around for ages. And the crazy thing is that as humans, we still aren't following these tried and true principles. 
we're living the definition of insanity that Albert Einstein described when he said we're doing the same things over and over and expecting different results. Crazy. <laughs> so the fifth tool on my list is to make an effort to look your best, even if you have nowhere to go. Because we all know that when you look good, you feel good. And sometimes, even if all you do the whole day is to take a shower and do your hair, you can count that as a victory. But I can promise you this, if you do make the effort to look your best, you will feel much more like being productive than if you'd stayed in your pajamas all day. Number four in our toolbox is to go for a walk outside. Human hearts need the outdoors. We need wind and sunshine and trees and birds and grass. We need to feel the ground move under our feet as we literally walk and exercise. Going for walks has made a huge difference in my mental health. And when we exercise, we produce the needed chemicals that we might be low on in the first place. This is one of the easiest actions you can take if you don't know what to do from suggestion number six, which was to take action, remember? If you're depressed, you won't feel like it at first. But if you get up and do it, going for a walk can change the outlook of your whole day. Make going for a daily habit or going for a walk a daily habit and your life is going to change. I guarantee it. Number three in our top ten list of mental health tools is to write down thoughts and feelings. Another super helpful tool is simply to write down what you're thinking and how you're feeling. Sometimes we're caught up in the middle of big emotions and it's hard to know what's happening inside us. But if we take a few minutes to physically write things down, we often surprise ourselves with how specific we can be. And there's no right or wrong way to do this. Maybe you make a simple list. You could write a poem or a short story, or you could even draw a picture. Be as creative or uncreative as you want. Whatever works for you is great. And you never have to show your notes to anyone, um, though it might be helpful to show a trusted counselor or a friend if you'd like some extra support. But the simple act of transporting your thoughts and emotions out of your head and into the physical world on paper can be just the release of energy that you need to move forward. Number two is serve someone else. This is something we should all focus on more often. When you're going through a hard time in your mental health, it's very easy to become sorry for yourself and even become self-centered. And a big part of living your best life is showing up for others. Be someone else's cheerleader. There are so many ways to serve and to make a difference. And you don't have to do something big or showy. Write a note to a friend, bring someone dinner, Challenge yourself to see how many doors you can open for other people during the week. Share your talents with the world. Only you have the talents that you have. Um, but this is going to get you out of your own head, and you can make a difference to others. And when you do make the effort, it feels fantastic. And guys, last but not least, we're at number one, which is practice gratitude. You might have been able to guess. This is my number one thing to do when you struggle with mental health. Even on the days when you don't make it out of bed, you can still go through a mental checklist of things you're grateful for. Are you grateful that you even have a bed to stay in at all? <laughs> what about that? You probably have food in your fridge, internet that lets you connect to the world when you don't feel like connecting, books to read and people that care about you, 
There are a million things you can be thankful for, even in the midst of really challenging times. Even if you only take two minutes out of your day to name a few of them, it will help you to increase mental health. Remember to be grateful for the life that you have. Alrighty, peeps. We made it through my top 10 mental health tools. Again, I know these suggestions are not new, but I know they have made a big difference in my own life. I hope they can help you too. Please don't be afraid to reach out and get help when you need it. If there's one thing I know, it's that every human on the planet struggles in their own way with tough things that are uniquely challenging to them. And that's why we're all here together, so we can help each other. So let's all come together and let's live the vibrant life. Have a great week. Thank you.